strange as it sounds, extraordinary magic follows you around, and the camera can't catch it. You won't see it in the mirror if I say, "Look behind you." You turn around, it disappears, but I see it. I see it. I swear I do. I see extraordinary magic in you. And my guest today is、uh, a guy that I don't know super well, which is always exciting for me because we kind of get to know each other as you get to know him. So always a lot of fun to do it that way. So guest is Corey Nickel. Corey. Woohoo! I hope I said your last name right. You rocked it. It occurred to me as I was saying it that I had never said it out loud. <laughs> So、I was like, "Oh no!" It's okay. I just refer to you as Chris Pecast, so it's.、Like、oh, that's great. <laughs> that's what's in my phone. It works.、So. Let's like let's make that a thing where that's just my last name.、Yeah. Maybe I'll have to change it legally. Legally, I think you should be all in there. Yeah, man. It's it's really over the top brand marketing to change your name to. I,、uh, for Pecast, I think I think people would identify that quickly anywhere. Is, is Dwayne Johnson's name Dwayne the Rock Johnson? I think he definitely copyrighted it. I, I, I don't know if, if that's not legal. his legal name. This whole world needs to reexamine itself, <laughs> in my opinion. Oh man! <laughs> like something's wrong with the universe if that's not true, true. You know, he's on top of the world right now. He is. Yeah. You just gotta put if your franchise is dying, just put him in your movie. Yeah. Or if you want to make a movie that's just about a tall building, apparently. Or or create any crazy plot. He、yeah. can be in it, and it sells. And、it's、I'm gonna the weirdest. And、thing. here's the weird thing, man. I'm probably gonna watch it.、Yeah. Like that skyscraper movie. I'm probably gonna watch it. I don't know why. I, I don't. Know. <laughs> it's kind of like Tom Cruise, right?、And、right. It's like the same thing. Like God, no, I guess I'll watch it. I'm a I'm a sucker for those Mission Impossible movies. He could keep making those. There's、forever. another one. I know. I'm excited about it. I might actually、worst. go out to the theater for it, which would be the first yes, thing I've gone to see in the theaters that wasn't Star Wars or Marvel in like forever. You know? Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for a little background, Corey and I、uh, have known each other for only a couple months, really. Yeah.、Um, we are both on, I guess, what Jamie calls the speaking team at、That's、Revive、right. at Lutheran Church of Hope.、Um, if you are a longtime listener to this show, by the way, we're back. <laughs> I kind of glossed over that. Hello. We're back after a long hiatus.、Um, this is something I get energy from. I'm excited to do, and I'm excited to do it with you, with、yeah. my new friend Corey. And we're we're double podcasting today because Eric will be here、right. in a couple hours, so that'll be fun too. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy to be back. I'm gr- I'm glad I get to do it with you. Yeah.、Uh, but anyway, we're on a the speaking team at Revive.、Um, we all had a little meeting,、uh, in which Eric or Corey discovered two things about me. I always take notes, and they always take them with sharpie pens. So we both have <laughs> pieces of paper and sharpie pens in front of us.、Um, and had mentioned that I was wanting to get back into doing this, and you guys, you and Eric both seemed like pretty excited to do it. So. That's kind of how this all came to be, and we've slowly learned over the course of social media that we have a lot of similar interests. Absolutely. Think, so yeah, and that's why I wore my Ben Rector shirt. He's got、today. his Ben Rector shirt on. It's、uh, an absolute necessity. Did you go to that show? I the did. The brand new tour. So we were、yeah. both at that at Seven Flags then. Yeah, and I did. You do the VIP. I did do the same, VIP. Same.、Mm-hmm. So we were like sitting in this、mm-hmm. small group together, didn't even know each other. I、time. was the guy who asked him if he thought his creative process had changed、uh, yeah. since he became. "Quote unquote successful." That's right. Yeah, and I, I never forget. I'm never gonna forget what he said because it was so like profound for just if you're doing any like a thing at all.、Yeah. He was like, "I've never known anybody in this business to be successful who wasn't disciplined." Yep, and it's like to come up with that off the top is like it's clearly、yeah. something that's just in there all the time and、mm-hmm. and going to the well every day and, and he's 
maybe not getting anything you right know? well he's he's just an incredibly thought-provoking i mean all his music you can see he stays true to who he is i think that's what i told him when i met him Yep. I, I was too starstruck and shy when I was in the group oh to gosh. ask anything. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I'm so I'm so pumped I'm here. Yeah. But then when I went up to take a picture with him, I literally I literally told him like, thanks for being you. Yeah. I was like, that's all that matters. That's is so that great. You're you. That's so, so great. I had a the girl I was dating at the time was with me, and I had like a she would tell you I had a moment when we were going up there because I for some reason had not thought of, like what what say? do you say <laughs> to Ben Rector? You know, and like it's. They say don't don't ever meet your heroes, you know. That's and right. It's like him and Andrew McMahon are like, I, I I was like, oh my gosh, wait a minute, I'm gonna actually talk to him like yes. face to face, and I kind of burned the one good thought I had oh, asking no. him a question, you know. So, <laughs> oh, that's good. But that's, good. that's we'll uh we'll do a comprehensive review of the new album yes. at the end of this. <laughs> Absolutely, we must. <laughs> we must. So Corey, with you would for everybody, just tell us uh, what you do, and then we'll talk about who you believe you are. Yeah. I, I do, I would say, a plethora of things. Okay, I um, like that. So do I. Yeah, primarily my income comes from teaching currently. Okay. Um, so I taught five five years of 7 through 12 English at a small rural school called Montezuma. Mm-hmm. And then got engaged, met a girl, moved back, or not back, moved for the first time to Des Moines, and then got a job at Des Moines Christian and mm-hmm. teach Bible there. Okay. Um, it's kind of on that same path. I'm I'm a new grad school student, so I'm pursuing my master's in educational leadership. Great. So look towards the principal world, mm-hmm. administration eventually. So that's the primary income. Secondary income is speaking, mm-hmm. um, and so that kind of brings me everywhere, um, mostly in the Midwest. Done tours to a whole bunch of colleges. Done youth groups. Done middle school and high school retreats, done businesses. Um, so next week, actually, I'm in Kansas City speaking for a whole week at, at a couple of different middle school retreats. So um, that's a big part of what I do. Uh, I have my own website where I write and blog, just mm-hmm. my name, coreynickel.com. And so always been pursuing publishing a book. That's been a Great. huge journey. Mm-hmm. Um, still working on that. You know, it's, it's a hard world to bust into. So yeah, um, but kind of the more platform you game, the better, which has been fun. Uh, and then thirdly, I uh, started a nonprofit ministry called Heartstir okay. Ministries, and um, that is primarily I created it to um, uproot millennials um, and mm-hmm. the upcoming generation centennials, and place them into missions around the world uh, where they could discover their identity, passion, and purpose in a situation that is really eye-opening and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Our nonprofit basically is a middleman to create mission trips mm-hmm. and get people there to do the hard work that the long-term mission people need. Absolutely. Um, and then while I'm there, being a teacher, I love curriculum, I love teaching, I uh-huh. love speaking, and just really stir their hearts to come alive to who they are. Um, identity being a huge part of millennials and centennials and trying to awaken that in them that they may know their purpose here rather than floating about having several jobs, you know, yeah, not knowing sure. who they are, midlife crisis, quarter life crisis, Absolutely. you know, so all those things. So yeah. that's uh, those things. And then newly a husband, mm-hmm. um, which is a huge part of my life uh, to Courtney. And, and we've been married just over two months. Oh, congratulations. Um, I didn't realize it was that recent. Yeah. I guess. Yep. May 5, 2018 was our, our wedding day. We called it Nickel Day Mayo. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of coined, coined that. I like that it. Day. Was that your hash, your official hashtag? It was one the of wedding? them. Yep. That's one of the things you have to do now. I'm Absolutely. Told. We were super official. 
Um, you can so get Snapchat filters for I your think wedding. we had one. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how you do that, but you can do yeah, it. Yeah, you pay Snapchat. And oh, of course you yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had that. And then lastly, just a, a new puppy dad. So we just mm-hmm. talked about that a little bit ago. I am very tired. <laughs> it's been a long haul for two days now. And you guys can't see him, but he looks tired. Yeah. I'll, I'll just attest it. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that when people, like, I'd walk into somewhere and they'd be like, God, you look really tired. I'm like, you mean I look terrible? Yeah, like, is that know, what you're right? saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Well, at least I confess that you didn't have to say it. Yeah, right? Yeah. You said it first. So, um, so we'll get into all of that. Um, yeah. But who, who do you believe that you are? This is one of the most essential questions I've asked myself for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so when you kind of pose that um, – I have I have a I have an answer that I've thought out very well and I have this philosophy about myself that simple is genius. And I think that's how that question should be answered. Like mm-hmm. identity identity has to be simple. We yeah. have to know who we are simply because we can have a long list of roles, of mm-hmm. things I do, mm-hmm. of things that make me successful, of things that make me feel good, my hobby. We can have all of that and it can go on and on and on. But long answers are just not thought out well. And I think one of the most pressing things about our identity and that question you just asked is, have we ever thought about that before? Mm-hmm. So I think that question when you pose, I'm sure some people are like, uh, I don't know. Right. Yep. But like, this is my world. This is what I love to answer. So mm-hmm. um, you're going to be on this show a lot. I cannot <laughs> wait. Uh, I love it. I love it. So I, I crazy enough i want to answer that in three ways okay at the fundamental basis of everything i am simply and probably the most compelling answer i can give to that is i'm a child of god Mm -hmm. and when i say that when, when you know when people ask who i am um or ask the question you asked i think a lot of times they don't think that's enough yeah they're like what do you mean yeah you know you unpack that and you see that there is hundreds of layers of Mm -hmm. what that means Mm -hmm. and scripture is going to make that really come alive but finding that answer and how life has unraveled Mm -hmm. i think that's how i've continued to define myself is i'm a child of god and that means so much with every situation in life that comes my way you know it it is interesting to i think you're right because and especially if people have listened to this show before like we've had multiple people answer the question with that answer but it sort of takes on a life all its own when it's applied to or you view your story through the lens of that. Yes. And so to say that, you know, that doesn't sound like enough. So here's a couple other things that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think misses, as we so often do with all this, all this God stuff that we talk about, we so often miss the bigness of what is happening. Right. Um, the global nature of redemption. Um, if, if you've, you've heard and listened to me speak before, so yeah, you know absolutely. I've said this, but yeah. if resurrection is the moment that changes the meaning of every moment, mm-hmm. if that one thing happening changed literally everything that happened before that and after that, then we're living in this new reality that's going to shift the way that we should think about everything. And if you identify as a child of God and start to try and own that identity, it yes. really does change like how you think about every little interaction yep. that you have. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, recently at Revive, we had that anchor series. And I think, you know, that unshakable, I think that was basically my speech mm-hmm. was, was like, this has got to, this has got to be the anchor mm-hmm. is that you own 
own this and you know what that means and and what that means for the rest of what happens to you and what you choose to do. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And so if I take that second step, I I think if I would unpack a little bit, um, I would say, I would say this, this is my, my coin phrase is I'm a whimsical adventurer Mm -hmm. who stirs others into love Mm -hmm. through deeply rooted faith. That's, that's who I am. And that's, that's like my, that's my identity. I mean, I am one of the most whimsical, spontaneous mm-hmm. people out there. I'm also super type A, so it's a really weird mix. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> it's a really weird mix, but I would say I'm spontaneous and whimsical in the way that I love people. Like I see a need, I, I want to be there. I, I see an open door. I want to go through it. If I see God stirring something mm-hmm. alive, I want to just jump on it. Say more about this stirring. That's yeah. like the fifth time I've heard you use that, yeah. that word. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, if you listen to me speak, I drop it in there. If you uh, talk to me daily, like mm-hmm. you're going to hear it. Mm-hmm. And then that nonprofit I started is called Heart Stir right. Ministries, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and honestly, it is, it's what, you know, I, I listened to your, your last podcast just saying like, hey, I'm back. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, you, you specifically said in there how, these conversations like we're having right now give you life. Yep. And I think what a lot of people miss is what gives me life, mm-hmm. life that is refreshing and filling. And lots of times we, we trample about in this void of life, not knowing how to fill ourselves. So my mantra, my goal, my idea is, can I help stir or help people's hearts come alive mm-hmm. and, and awaken to this idea of, what fills me up? Mm-hmm. What completes me? And it's not food, mm-hmm. and it's not my hobbies, and it's not my work, and it's not um, where I get pleasure or purpose. Even it's it's who, and it's and it's a big what. And you know, for me, going back to that original statement is it's being a child of God, right? And so much comes from that. So yeah, stirring is this idea of thought provoking, mm-hmm. um, challenging, uh, perspective driven, um, calling out t- truth. Mm-hmm. Um, tough love, you know, whatever that is and the people need in that moment. And that's where I whimsically jump in mm-hmm. and just go like, Hey, let's, let's talk more about that. Did, where were you or how, in what ways did you see your story identifying that need or that hurt? Because I think that so much of what we do as mm-hmm. people who speak to, who, who have the audacity to stand in front of other people and say like, here's what I think about life you know like for some reason we're allowed to do this i don't know why Mm -hmm. but you know (laughs) i think so much of our job is identifying where people are hurting or where a need or where people are maybe lacking or where there is a need for something to be said Mm -hmm. and then try and find our voice in saying that or uh saying the thing that um god is telling us that this is what needs to be said in this moment where were you in your story seeing that that's led you to be so pat and use the word all the time, you know, yeah. cause it's clearly something that, that identifies mine is resonate. I almost just said it. Yeah. I say resonate all the time, but yeah. yeah, that's so, that's such a beautiful question. Um, you know, honestly, I, I was 25 years old and hit a depressive wall. Mm-hmm. I had for four years, three years, three to four years, right out of college, ran extremely hard, mm-hmm. worked majorly in, in two different ministries, while speaking four to five times a week, mm-hmm. coaching three sports, teaching in a school, you know, bobbling a whole bunch of different relationships, trying to travel, all these, all of these crazy things. And I literally hit a wall where 
I could not feel anything. Mm-hmm. And I know I noticed about myself in that moment that I hadn't felt a thing for a really long time because I had just been doing and doing yeah. and doing without ever feeling yeah. myself, without ever thinking yeah. about what I did and how that affects me. And I ran hard and I passed out mm-hmm. and I knew I knew I needed something to stir me alive again. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I first really met that word mm-hmm. is I had to, I had to have some sort of new life and my heart had to be changed mm-hmm. and I had a lot of truth spoken into it. And every time I would feel it, it was like that, that electric feeling of, of a spark that makes you go, Oh, I feel alive yeah. after that. Yeah. I feel that hurt. Like that statement hurt or that challenge was hard or that was so true, but oh, I feel alive. Mm-hmm. And I think we find that when we take off the burden, when we take down the mask and we become vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge part of that. And, you know, to quote Ben Rector, mm-hmm. uh, you Please. know, when a heart breaks mm-hmm. is, you know, one of his first albums and songs that came out on it, you know, he says in there, um, you don't know that you need Jesus until you're here. Yep. Yep. And that the title of the songs is when a heart breaks. Mm-hmm. And I think so often that's how we live, right? We just go, 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 do, do, do. And yeah. we show up someday and boom, we get hit. And then all of a sudden we go, oh, I need help. Yeah. And you don't really find that you need Jesus mm-hmm. lots of times and until, until you're, you're there. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the combo of that. It mm-hmm. was, was big, big in my life. It's, it's so interesting to me because you, as so often happens, we find ourselves, the reason we tell stories, right, is so that other people can find their story in it. Yeah. And what you're describing is very much how I'm feeling right now at this point in my life. And yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit older than you were when it happened. I'm 31. Yeah. But in, in fire and EMS and in, in the line of work that I'm in, you just, you just go. Yeah, you have you to. You just go. Yeah. And, and we've all done it for such a long time. I was just talking to a friend of mine about this not, not but a week ago. that we've been, She and I have been both doing this for 11 years. And I said, we have been doing it this way for such a long time mm. that it's so hard to stop. Yeah. Because when I get, when, when depression comes on to me is when I have nothing to do, yep. you know, and it's just because I feel like I'm supposed to be somewhere doing something with right. a task, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but it's also interesting to think about like the dust that settles and if it stays like that, everything gets covered with dust and like yes. we've all seen that, you know, right. so what's going to stir that back up again mm-hmm. and, and, and bring some life back into something yeah, that so you used to yeah. stir it up. Yeah, you I know you were on it. You I got like it, it man. I might, I might be adopting it from you. It's fine. Um, but I think that this happens to people or, or maybe part of me just hopes that it does happens to other people too, where you just go. And I just, there's a book on my fridge. That I just got today called, uh, it's something effective like uh, what you do when everything you ever wanted isn't enough mm-hmm. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think I may have seen it, heard about yeah. it. There's a couple books on it. Yeah. And it's the subtitle is Searching for a Life with Purpose. It was recommended mm-hmm. to me by a friend of mine. But I've realized that I've reached a point in my career where I pretty much have all the things that I wanted to have. When I, when I started doing this 11 years ago, there was very much a sense of wanting to be respected by, uh, with yes. what I do, mm-hmm. um, wanting to be regarded as some kind of subject matter expert because I, I'm quite type A also and yep. and, uh, and I'm a three. So yep. um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, so, a, I'm a two. See, I'm a three wing two. Yep. So that's probably yep. Yep. We're right in there. Um, 
That's the Enneagram that we're knowing. Yeah, Enneagram. That sorry, like, we just, just, we just took, that as, took that as red. It sounds like we're in a cult if you don't know what that is. Um, and very much feel as though, or I'm perceiving as though that like I'm, I've gotten to that point. And when you, you know, you probably know this too, like it's big for people like you and I to be asked to become, to come somewhere and, yeah. and we want you to speak about this. Yeah. And that's kind of when I knew I was like, all right, we're kind of here. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of happened. And the ability to execute most of the skills that I need to execute in high stress situations and, and do them confidently and yet uh, feel nothing when it happens. Yeah. And to me, that was, that was where things started to become alarming because it was like, yeah. well, but wait, this was supposed to be it. Like, this yes. was supposed to be this the thing. This was supposed to fill me. You know, yeah. I, I, I put yeah. all my energy into this and then um, to not get that payoff or to not get that, that, uh, that feeling that you were expecting for years um, has been sort of a profound journey that I've started on over the last, you know, couple weeks probably. Yeah. You know, there's something you said in there too, and this, this idea came to me to my mind is that you kind of talked about when the dust settles and you, you go and you do. And I think that's, that's so typical of people, you know, it happens again and again, but this is truly the most dangerous part about humans is mm-hmm. that we are habitual. Yeah. And that, that habit of doing things and being a certain way, honestly, more often than not drives us to a place where we ask these big questions of, how do I feel like this? It mm. should be better. Or how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And I always, I always say that there are, you know, there's three big questions that we all ask in life at every single stage. Middle schoolers ask it, high school, college, young adults, adults, mm-hmm. old adults. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps going. And, and it's these, these three fundamental questions that I really, I based heart stir ministries on. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's that idea of identity. So who am I? Mm-hmm. Right. We, we ask that again and again, especially after things happen to us mm-hmm. or are taken away from us. We keep asking in every stage of life, who am I now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that next one kind of deals with the passion. Um, it, basically, um, that idea of what's what sets me on fire, mm-hmm. what gets me going. Mm-hmm. And that's different in middle school. Than it is as a young adult, sure, and as as in you know a middle aged adult that always changes. Like what sets me on fire? And lots of times we forget to ask that, and that's where the habitual part of us takes over, and we just we just do something because we need the money, mm-hmm. or we're in a relationship with someone because we always have been. Yeah, uh, whether that's just a friend or a significant other, like mm-hmm. we just do it because that's what we know. Yeah, and then that final question is that idea of purpose is, um, you know, why why am I here? Yep, and I think. We're going to ask that again and again. And that's what I asked at age 25. Mm-hmm. I hit depressive wall and I go, why am I here? Mm-hmm. And who am I? Yeah. And I know tons of people, even even my own father, when he hit 50, just kind of asked that big question. Yeah. Why am I here? What have I been doing? Yeah. And it's going to come and come again and again. Anytime I think that we perceive whether or not we're aware of it that we go through one of those times that one of those things that's an opportunity to reinvent yourself like life has these things just kind of built into them right you know and and transitioning from middle school to high school is is definitely one you know high school to college when you all of a sudden realize that none of these people know you Mm -hmm. and you could really be whoever you want to be right you know and i always i think i wrote something about this many 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 years ago that one of the things i found fascinating about um, social media, because you and I probably are pretty similar in age and kind of 
Yeah. We can remember the time when social media didn't oh, exist. Yeah. Had and MSN then, Messenger. Yeah. Like, and that's was just, all I had. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you just hope that people came online yeah, and we could chat. chat like, we just me. do. I was just talking to someone about that. We just do that. We yeah. just sit there and, ch- you know, and the, the, I, this idea with, with Facebook when, as it, we, so we've been around for its rise to prominence and maybe it's sort of fall away from being the king of, of yep. the social media platforms. But it really gives you, all of them do, the ability to sort of tell people that you are who you want them to believe that you are. Right. You know? Yeah, um, it's this narrative you try and make them believe. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you pitch it as someone you hope to be. Mm-hmm. And you try and get them to believe it, and then you start to believe it. And it's very, it's it's much rarer to see someone pitch it as who they truly are. Mm-hmm and don't you think too that sometimes we people like you and me especially and people anywhere near our enneagram numbers yeah sort of uh we we pitch it as the person that i think you want me to be. yes but if you were to actually ask me but who are you to you Mm -hmm. that's a terrifying question you know very much a pleasing drive behind me in Mm -hmm. my enneagram number like i just want to make people happy i want to serve i want to help and i want to be recognized Mm -hmm. for like Huh, you know, you did really well. Two and, is the helper, right? Yeah, yeah. yep, that's me. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting too. You know, I think as we go through life and especially those identity morphing stages like college or mm-hmm. even high school or even when you get into a young adult community or a job, your first few jobs, first job hopefully, I think too we kind of come into a scenario where either people will change us to who they need us need us to be or they want us to be or we'll kind of do the the opposite and we'll change other people Mm -hmm. and you have to really evaluate that um because it's it's really big and important to think about do i am i so insecure with myself or unknowing of myself that i'll just let other people yeah kind of make me who i am Mm -hmm. and then you wake up one day and you go like what in the world yeah Yeah. i never wanted to be like this or sometimes you're you're in a position where you're really pushy and you're really controlling and you you shape everyone around you and they have to act a certain way around you or they uh drift away yeah. because they don't want to deal with sure, you sure um and those are two extremes mm-hmm. um but sometimes you, you know you have to watch yourself as you grow and, and form your identity and i think it's the people who are most insecure with who they are yeah. that those extremes happen yeah um, and so I've always really, really tried after that age 25 dilemma, um, to take big steps back and just go, I have to be me mm-hmm. and be very, very true to that and know who I am. Mm-hmm. And so if I, if I can in the moment, just toss a question at you. Sure. So you asked me that beginning question. Mm-hmm. This is my question okay. that I always pose to other people. Great. And it's, it's this is, can you tell me who you are in one sentence? So remember that simplicity note, right? Mm-hmm that's that's like the challenge behind it um is have we thought through who we are enough to be able to give that answer in one sentence mm-hmm. um and i'll tell you a little story about that if, if you or i could tell a story now and you can think you about can it. tell you yeah. can you can tell a story now <laughs> okay yeah. this is Corey uh pitching to be a co-host of the show by yeah, the way coming go. up with other questions <laughs> Oh man, I keep knocking my headphones. His headphones come. He's too excited. I'm so excited. I get my hands get really wavy. And <laughs> do you see me on stage? Go nuts. Oh yeah. Um. So I. So I'll, here's a story. So I. 
the, actually the first origination of Heartster was just that idea of identity, and I wanted I wanted it to be more of a creative business. Mm-hmm. I almost wanted to make it into a company of where I did really creative things that made people go, huh? That's it. Yeah. I just wanted to make people go, I like that, huh? I like I've that. never thought of that, right? Mm-hmm. So the first project I did with that was I went on a, a tour in Scandinavia through. Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. And I made a pledge to myself that I would not take a picture unless it was with someone else, even a stranger. Yeah. I had taken way too many pictures in my travels of rocks and castles and hills. And mm-hmm. I was like, I went back and looked through them and I was like, I don't even, I don't even know where that's at yeah. or what that is yeah. or why. So I was like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to take pictures with someone else, even if it's a stranger. Mm-hmm. And I brought this little whiteboard with me. And so I would get into these conversations with people where I wanted to take a picture mm-hmm. <laughs> and just total strangers. And, and that's probably the whimsical part of me. And I would start just asking them basic this questions. That's a great idea. Yeah. I love this. And just get very baseline commonalities, mm-hmm. right? Kind of like, so I'm Dutch. I was raised in Dutch heritage and I call it, we call it Dutch bingo. Mm-hmm. How can we make a, ne- a connection right, that brings yeah. us back to like, I, oh, I, we're from the I same place. I have heard that before. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's kind of, that's probably the inherent blood in me coming out. Mm-hmm. But so I, I had these conversations. We we laid some c- commonality, and then I would ask them this this big question. And the the first question I asked them is, "How have you been feeling over the past year before this trip?" Hmm. And ninety two percent of the people gave negative emotions uh, as yeah. their descriptor. Yeah, and they would just say, "I was locked up. I was sad. Mm-hmm. I was angry. I was complacent." All these things. And then I would ask them, how do you feel now that you are traveling, that you're out and about? And they would have these joyous, positive emotions like wonderful, free, mm-hmm. um, ecstatic, like all these wonderlust, you know, yeah. these things like this. And then I would ask them that big question I just asked you. Can you tell me who you are in one sentence? And every single person said no. Yeah. And so I challenged them in that moment and I said, isn't it interesting that when we are caught in the habitual routine of our lives, we're actually pretty negative people. Yeah. But when we take a step out of our bubble, mm-hmm. it, you know, run into new experiences, find new pieces of ourselves, we positively get better emotionally. And I said, that's, that's such an amazing idea. That's so easy, but we don't do it. So crazy enough, we're doing that today. Right. We, didn't, we didn't know each other very well, but here we are in a really spontaneous situation mm-hmm. talking life and right. like I'm already buzzing with yeah like the caffeine of high emotion that makes me go woo oh, like, yeah. let's go let's yeah. go do life you yeah. know and it's amazing and those people in that moment knew that but so often we are just so caught in what we have to do or should do and routine that we forget that you know I could talk to somebody at a coffee shop that I don't know today and it would really fill me up yeah I could you know, not go home and watch Netflix after work, but hop on my bike and go for a little ride. Mm-hmm. I could go pet puppies at a adopting shelter. Like yeah. I do anything, do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've pitched a version of this show to myself mostly yes. <laughs> that we would like check out that he knows to drink water off mic off mic. I'm so everybody. good at this, right? Although I ruined it by pointing it out. <laughs> but um, wherein like we just check out that back room at Smoky Row for like yeah. the whole afternoon, and we just you just go up to people. I'm saying we because I'm clearly going I'm to definitely you in. You know, and you I just am. go up to people and be like, "Do you want to be on a podcast for 20 minutes?" Yeah, and then you just sit down and talk. Yeah, I, I, I we I have to do that. Always wanted to do that. We have to do such that. Such a fascinating idea. Um, I had another thought. Oh, the answer to your yes. question. 
at the place where I the place I'm in in my life right now, this is what I would say the answer is. Uh, I am someone who is caring to the point that I don't take care of myself very well. Wow. Isn't that a that's like that's a that's a beautiful paradox, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I think and again I think anybody that's in and around our Enneagram numbers cuz yeah. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with what the, the, the shorthand version of it is, is that two, which is Corey, is the helper. Three, which is me, is the achiever. Um, but they're both very much based and rooted in. I could easily have been a two. I have a wing two. So I, I have a wing three for sure. That, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> um, it's all very rooted in other people. And I'm not here to say, and, and I get, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this as well, because this is one of the things I think we do sometimes poorly in the church. I'm not here to say we're not supposed to care about people. I think that'd be ridiculous right. to say. Yeah. And that's what largely I do for a living. You do it for a living. Yeah. And we, it manifests itself in different ways, but that's what we're doing. And really, for the most part, as I've sort of stood back and thought about that, that's what everybody's kind of doing, regardless of what you do, is you know yeah. caring for if you're going to come put a new roof on if i come put a yeah. new roof on your house like if i care about you i'm going to do a good job mm-hmm. you know um mm-hmm. which is a longhand way of saying like that it's it's everywhere like uh the um gosh what's his name alan arkin yeah uh wrote a book about relating to people mm-hmm. and he said that uh you think that relating is the icing on the cake but it's the cake right it's the whole thing amen you know um and so for me the, what has happened over the last 11 years of doing this is that I got so invested in, and this makes this maybe makes me sound a little pretentious, but it's, I don't mean it that way, yeah. that I got so invested in caring about other people that I have done a poor job of taking care of myself. Yeah. The fact that I don't know what to do with time off is not a good thing. The right. fact that I have to force myself to go sit in the backyard and do nothing mm-hmm. is, is problematic. To, and I'll allow myself to do what you're talking about when you were 25, which is I'll just allow myself to get unhealthy. I've been doing this for years. Allow right. myself to get unhealthy. Know that that happens. Know that it goes away in like three days, and then we just go back to pushing again mm-hmm. until it happens again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not healing an injury. Right. You know, uh, if you had a guy like that playing football who got hurt at every somewhere around the 10th game every year, you'd be like, maybe you shouldn't play football anymore, yeah. man. You know, like. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally get it. You know, it's so interesting too because talk is easy, mm-hmm. and I can get on the stage and I do a lot and I talk I talk about my own stories as you do, and I really encourage and try and you know challenge people and drive them to this place where they can just take a step of change. Mm-hmm. And I continue to reevaluate myself, and you know I I come to the conclusion a lot like Corey, you're just you're complacent. Mm-hmm. Like come on, yeah. You know? I'm with you. Yeah, and I, but I think I think every human is because again, habit is so dangerous and it's so tempting, mm-hmm. and it's so hard that for us to really change, I mean, it takes, it takes, um, so I, I'm trying to think it it takes more than me. Yeah, it takes a community. Mm-hmm. It takes a community to help me change. Yeah, and that's why I'm in a small group and I have a men's group and I have uh, revive you know and I have my wife and I have my friends and like if I need to change I need to let them know yeah and I need to be repeatedly reminder and reminded drug along mm-hmm. kicked prodded and told like come on yeah um, and I think that's the scariest part of of the upcoming generations even our generation is 
where you have so many distractions and temptations that changing is not really a thing. So if we are going to be who we are as a generation without the willingness to change, I think we're going to cause a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. I um, agree. Yeah. And doesn't, I think one of the thoughts I've had floating around in my head during this conversation is that authenticity when we stand on stage, let's say you and I are two people that have this can, can speak to this sort of unique situation where it's like you stand up there and for a long time, I tried to sound like the other people that I know mm-hmm. that are good at this, which is not an uncommon thing. Like I, uh, I know I've known Pastor Mike for a long time, Jeremy Johnson. Yeah. I watch a lot of Rob Bell yep. um, and they're great. They're great public speakers. And so before you sort of find your voice, I think it's not uncommon to just sort of sound like somebody else yeah. until you're like, OK, I'm, I found my rhythm here Amen. a little bit. Yeah. But. I asked, I've been struggling with the question within myself lately of how authentic am I being when I'm standing up there? How authentic of a picture are you getting Mm -hmm. of me? And if I settled on, which I did for a little bit, not a very good one, the answer was within myself because I wasn't being authentic to myself. Right. And getting into these habitual thoughts, you know, habits are hard to break. You're absolutely right. And we're creatures of habit. Getting into breaking habitual thought patterns, mm. I think, is one of the hardest things yeah. in the world. And so I've started in the last month or so saying out loud to myself when I get in negative thinking patterns of just saying, stop it. Yeah. Out loud Absolutely. to nobody. Yeah. But authenticity to yourself is like they used to say character is who you are when no one's watching. Amen. Like yeah. authenticity is, is who you are when no one will know what you did or didn't do. And yep. no one's going to ever know what you're thinking. Right. They can't know that. You know that. God mm-hmm. knows that. Mm-hmm. But those are the only people. Yeah. How true are you being to yourself in that moment, or do you have a sense of that? And if you can't, if you're not even aware that the question needs to be asked, mm-hmm. if you're not even aware that this is something that you need to go over, then you'll you'll never have the where the awareness to stop for a second and go, okay, am I being authentic to the person I believe I'm supposed to be? Right. You know. Yeah. I think that's the. Hmm. That is the. That's one of the biggest challenges for people is admitting that they need help or that that they're in a bad spot mm-hmm. authentically, mm-hmm. right? I I truthfully, this is shaming, but it's true, and I will say it because I want to be authentic right. and I try and be as much as I can. Is is I I was a really good liar for a long time mm-hmm. to the point where again going back to our previous statement, like I would try and be who others wanted me to be. Or I would be, you know, let them change me so that I would be who would fit their their life. And uh, I had a, I was a really good liar, and mm-hmm. I was a really good faker, to the point where I almost lived a life that showed other people that I I, I was perfect. Like mm-hmm. there was nothing wrong with me ever. No sin, mm-hmm. no tragedy, no issues. Um, and that's big part what what led to depression for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can't play that game or play that role and and make it out alive. Um, and so it was really really hard for me for a really long time to authentically tell people the truth about what happened, mm-hmm. which could have been, hey, I dropped the ball. Yeah. Um, which could have been, hey, I don't want to. I'm not gonna make it today. I'm, I don't want to be a flaky friend. Like right. I'm not gonna make it. Right. Or just tell people like uh here is this truth about me my sins my Mm -hmm. failures my shortcomings and um you know after i i started telling little pieces of those stories it gave me so i think i started with that today like so much so much 
energy because there wasn't this this dark burden on me to keep up the act right you know right and i found more life when i was honest and authentic than when i tried to play a role of what other people wanted me to be mm -hmm. and that's how <clears throat> i can get on stage today and i could tell you my deepest darkest secrets and be like hey that's me yeah and that's why i am who i am now and that's what what i try and show people is like because that's me we're you and me are the same mm -hmm. and i think that's the biggest truth I try and tell people all around the world is that uh, the biggest common denominator between every human is not our successes mm -hmm. and our roles or even the happy things about us. The common denominator is pain mm -hmm. and suffering mm -hmm. and sin and tragedy and that we have all gone through it and we are all struggling with it. Yep. And if I can bring people there and just show them like we are all here together, let us journey then mm -hmm. onward with one another. Not individually, not alone, not like you have to do in the back closet or in the dark room at night. Like right. together, let us just be transparent and real and so much more will get done mm -hmm. with that. Donald Miller, uh, he wrote yes. that and, uh, grace only sticks to our imperfections yes. and those who can't accept their imperfections can't accept grace either. And it takes more than a little bit of courage within yourself. It takes more than a little bit of trust of other people. It yeah. takes more than a little bit of trust in God too, oh, man. <clears throat> because a lot of us or so, a lot of people, we, I guess we have to be aware we're raised in very strict, very, yes. you know, um, so where there man. was not a lot of grace, mm -hmm. you know, I was not. Um, yeah. but I know that there are people that listen to this that were, and they've gone away from mm -hmm. God because of that. Yeah. It takes more than a little bit. It's it, a leap of faith is not even a big enough. It doesn't even describe right. how big of a thing it is to say, like, I'm right. going to come to this with all of the imperfections that I have and own and acknowledge them. Yeah. Um, I have been on that journey for such a long time because of having realizing that I've probably had depression, like clinical depression my entire life. Yeah. And have just, this is what people do before somebody tells you or before you realize it. You're just like, well, this just must be how it is. How it, is yeah. it doesn't have to be, mm -hmm. you know, but before you have the language for that and before you're really going to own it and say like, there's something going on here that doesn't feel right. You know, mm -hmm. um, before you're able to do any of that, uh, you're, you're never going to be able to sort of be healthy in the long term. Right. You, you can think that you are, yeah. um, but yep. it comes and goes, you yeah. know, um, and to find people that are going to be that community to you is a hard thing because it's, it's hard to just sit down with somebody and say like, right, right off the cuff, right. It's, it's hard to sit down and say to them, um, this is what I need yeah. you to be to me. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's even hard just to sit down with somebody that you don't know and tell them the truth about yeah. who you are. <laughs> yeah. Or even someone you've known for a really long time and tell them the truth, right? Mm -hmm. And and I just wrote this down, but the, the thought I had is there's no right time. Yeah. There's there's no right time where it's just going to be really nice and pretty to, to be honest to your core about who you are to others, Absolutely. right? Never, never a right time. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna be tragically difficult and ruining. It could burn friendships. It could make people really think differently about you. Yeah. Um, but the most human part of it is that again, I think the more that we see others being real and authentic and vulnerable, the more we like them. Mm -hmm. um, that's honestly a, a truth from my life. Like I have, I have that story as part of my testimony mm -hmm. is that I lied and I lied and I lied and people thought I was someone who I was not. And, um, along the way they really thought I was perfect. Mm -hmm. I had made them believe that. 
And when I let down the guard and opened the closet and showed them my sins, they loved me more. Mm -hmm. This is not an uncommon thing to happen in in my line of work because, listen, to to think to to be so crazy that you would think that when you're having the worst day of your life, I want to come into your house and fix you. Yeah, like you have to be a little crazy right. to want to do yeah. this for a yeah. living. And I was just talking to a friend of mine because, and for the sake of uh, specificity of this, I won't share too much about exactly what happened. But basically, we had a call that was one of the one of the bad ones, one mm-hmm. of the worst ones, one of the ones you're gonna remember for a long time. Oh, man. And I called my buddy, and we were having a discussion about if we. This is where this led. If we died tomorrow, would people have anything more to say about me than Chris was a really good paramedic? Right. And if that's true, what have I been doing? Yeah. Because it, it goes back to what I was saying before. You have all this, but it doesn't feel the way you thought it was going to feel. But yeah. I've allowed that, and a lot of people do, allow this to inform who they are, the biggest parts of who they are, based on what they do. Yeah. That is the whole concept of this show, mm-hmm. is that there's more to you than what you do for a living. And yep. yet I've been doing this for years and not heeding my own advice and yep. having these conversations yep. and listening to people tell me there's more to us than what we do for a living. Um and created a whole podcast based upon yeah. that premise and yet didn't hear it until this thing happened. Mm-hmm. And so I called work and I said, I'm going home. Um, I, I can't stay. I shouldn't be responsible for anybody's life for a while. Yeah. And I said to my buddy, there was a time in my life when I would not have done that. Mm. There was a time in my life when I would have been a good liar, like yeah. you're saying, and just soldiered on because I thought people wanted me to. Right. I thought that that made me tougher somehow or we have this we in the fire service especially have this put upon hero complex where we're like yeah. well this is just part of the right. part of what we do you know do yeah this this is what people like us do this is what you have to see and i've started to believe we've only got so many of those in us right and it could be tomorrow that you see the last one and go that's it i'm done mm-hmm. it could be 10 years from now you never know yeah um but there was a significant portion of my life up until that moment where I would have stayed, I would have just kept going and I would have not dealt with those feelings. And afterwards I came home and sat here and had a pretty significant several hours of crying about it and doing all these things Mm -hmm. that I would not have done before and of really being in mourning. And I called a a friend of mine who's a pastor up in the twin cities. And uh, he said like, well, you're in, you're in, seriously in the stages of grief. You know, mm-hmm. and he pointed out to me that I literally said all five of them in the things and that I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're going through it quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I was like, you know, if it could have just been this way or, you know, if I, you know, yeah. I said, uh, if we get to save X number of lives, how come that wasn't one of them, you right. know, and all bargaining and all of that stuff. And it's not stuff I would have done. Yeah. Even five years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it not that beautiful, though, too, to look at now and be like, hey, I'm not perfect. Right. But I'm doing better. Mm hmm. But I'm doing better. Yep. And that's, that's I mean, leaps and bounds yep. better than what others can do or what we were. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't this one of the things I think that maybe gets, gets we do sometimes as people who talk about this, is that we get, so, we get people so caught up in trying to fix their junk, quote unquote. I just said this to somebody not that long ago. We get so caught up in trying to fix our junk that we miss the little victories along the way. Right. Because yeah. the path is strewn with them. You yeah. Know? And I, I agree with you. Like, I count that as a win. Yeah. I was like, I went home. I didn't care what anybody want, what I thought people wanted right. me to do. Yep. And you know what the reality is, Corey? Is what they wanted me to do is go home and take do the that time. Anyway. That they, that's what yeah. they wanted. Absolutely. You know, that's what people who care about mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. But I never had given the 
I think this might be profound. I'd never given them the opportunity to show, to demonstrate that. Yeah. You know? Man, that's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> that's really powerful. Sometimes I stumble into something. You're like, like wait ah, a minute, hang on. I'm a genius. Give it the proper weight. <laughs> <laughs> and just wait. And drop the knowledge. Can we do another take? I'd yeah. Like to... yes. <laughs> say that again. Take that again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, you know, as you were saying all of that, um, I thought of a question that I, that I posed to people who are really close to me. Um, and I'm, I'm realizing I, I really, I have not asked this question well to my wife yet. And so oh. I should probably go home and do that. Um, <laughs> Cause she'll probably listen to this podcast and be like, Corey, you said a lot of things that you, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, you right. really get better at. Right. I know, I know. <laughs> um, it's this question and it's, it, it's profound when people hear it. Cause I think they get confused by what you mean and you can point them in the right direction, but it's just so, so simple. And it's asking this question, how am I doing? How am I doing? Yeah. How, how am I doing as a husband? Be honest with me. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how am I doing as a teacher? Mm-hmm. Be honest with me. Yeah. How am I doing as your friend, as your mentor? How, how am I, how am I doing as, um, any role that you have and then tell people to tell you the truth. Yeah. And I think we're scared of those answers a lot of time, but I need those. Yeah. I need those because I need to be sharpened. Mm-hmm. I need to be guided. And that's what we noted earlier, right? Like, to do these types of changes, major personality, emotional, spiritual changes, I've got to have people telling me the truth. Right. And if I can't be truthful, they're not going to be truthful. Mm-hmm. And if I don't accept criticism well, they're never going to tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm asking for it, people are going to give it to you. And, yeah. and asking that question has, man, it's given me life. Mm-hmm. And it's shown me a lot of areas that I didn't know existed um, of myself that I didn't want there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a interesting picture we paint of ourselves. And then it's like, there's a mirror image behind us that we don't actually see. Right. And, but the other people see it cause they're staring at staring at our face and looking past us and they see mm-hmm. this truth, but we just look in the mirror like, okay, here, yep. here's who I am. We can make up whatever we want. Right. And so many people are so many, this is, this is that imposter syndrome. This is uh, act as if this is that feeling that we're all dealing with, or a lot of us are dealing with, I think that we haven't maybe put a name to, or we don't even realize it, but that fear that one day someone's going to knock on your door and say, Corey, hey, we just realized you're not supposed to be here. Yeah. You're not supposed to be doing it. I've been a paramedic for 11 years, and I think I'm a pretty decent one, but every day I have a fear that someone's going to be like, this guy didn't know what he's doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so some of us feel like we're getting away with something. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do. I think a lot of people, I know that people that listen to this do. Yeah. And so if you have that feeling, I'm getting away with this. I'm flying under the radar. Mm -hmm. Why would I ever ask somebody how am i doing right because your your biggest fear that you maybe haven't identified is they're going to go you want to know the truth bad yeah right. you know, like, you know. yeah. real bad <laughs> and, and isn't that and then yeah if you know that's the answer then you better check yourself right right right, right. and i've known i've known that's the answer sometimes and mm-hmm. i sheepishly you know approach them and and try and get the truth and be like i'm so sorry yeah <laughs> i am so sorry uh you know that was that was me um, you know, working in a ministry at one time, just like I, this isn't my type of ministry. This isn't, this is not good for me. I'm not doing well in this. Yeah. And I had to ask that question and come to reality and be like, yep, I need to leave. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I think that it's funny, like, like the fire service and, and ministry and probably medicine in general, I would guess everybody kind of knows like 
eventually I'm going to I'm going to have to stop doing this because right. it's just it does expend a lot of your emotional energy to do it and mm-hmm. again some people make it 20 years some people retire out of these jobs that we're talking about yeah. and some of us just go like no I know it's coming sooner than that you yeah. know and it just hasn't come yet but mm-hmm. um to have some awareness of that I think is also good because sort of the theme of this has become like if you push yourself if you allow yourself to just keep going and push and push and push to the point where you're literally yeah. mentally physically and emotionally exhausted man you know and i can't remember how many times in my life too many probably i've said like i don't think i can take any more of this right you know i shouldn't have said that multiple times at 31 years yeah. old you know yeah. but i've allowed that to happen you right. know yeah yeah we all want to press those boundaries that are really limitations of humans mm-hmm. but we think we can yeah we think that we're superhuman a lot of the time and that's kind of the complex that our culture and society has given us yep is this idea that you can always do more mm-hmm. you know you can always fake it till you make it mm-hmm. you know you can always make it happen and yep. you're just like there's no there's a huge limitation and we do that so much in the church i mean there's yeah. always going to be another thing that you could volunteer to do they're yep. all you're never going to call a church office and be like i want to volunteer for some stuff and they're like sorry yeah that's right we don't have anything yeah <laughs> call yep. back next month you know yep. i mean yep. that's never going to happen never, so ever. we have to set up our own systems within ourselves and in our communities where people say like Corey, hey, I think you, I think maybe you're pushing a little too hard. Yeah. You know, I after everything that happened last week, I was talking to a friend of mine. And I was like, I think, I think I'm, I think I'm burning out. And yeah. she said, Well, that doesn't really surprise me at all. Like with how hard you go. Right. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> and that- and it's one of those situations where you, I kind of thought, Why didn't you say something before? But it's also yeah. like I never gave, like I said before, I've never given you permission to say. Right. It. You know, like right. I. Yeah, and and. Honestly, that brings me back to the original question you asked, and probably the third way I would answer it mm-hmm. is, is taking on roles, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm, and I, I, this is what I need to be very, very careful about is I can't add too many roles to my identity yep. that I cannot do them well, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So f- the new one for me, which is always increasingly difficult, is being a husband, mm-hmm. right? I that's a huge part of who I am and who I'm becoming and I need to do that first and foremost so well mm-hmm. and if I can do that really well then I can be a really good teacher mm-hmm. and I can be a really good teacher then um, you know then I, I can be a great friend yeah and in there I can be a brother and a brother-in-law now and a puppy dad mm-hmm. and uh, and a coach mm-hmm. and I can be a nonprofit president and I can be a speaker mm-hmm. and those just keep building and building but I can't add things onto that role list if I'm not doing the other ones well, yep, I spread myself thin. I I dig a hole that I can't get out of, and mm-hmm. then kind of the things we've been talking about this whole time. If my list of roles is too long, then I need to say no somewhere, mm-hmm. and I need to cut it off, and prune my branches, mm-hmm. and be fruitful where I'm at. And it requires so much, such a good. I'm gonna say I'm gonna phrase it this way: such a good relationship with yourself. Yes. To be aware yes. of when that's happening. Yeah. I, I'm reminded of uh, Chuck Klosterman, who is a uh, a writer, like a kind of a pop beat writer. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really funny. Kind of writes modern philosophy, but in a really like set within the context yeah, of pop culture. That's sweet. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah. I'll recommend some things to you. Anyway, he he did an interview once of Jonathan Franzen, the award winning mm-hmm. uh, author, and he said Klosterman said of Jonathan Franzen, "There's a, it's easy to understand why his characters are so fully developed." He understands himself better than almost anyone I've ever met. And that's almost always the key to understanding people who are not you. Yes. 
it's, Amen. you know, for wow. us to, to, I think it's almost irresponsible of us people in our, in our role to yeah. go out and speak into other people's lives. If we have no awareness of who we are, if we don't understand ourselves, um, yeah. that's, that's, I think that's the biggest truth we don't want to hear. Right. Is we, cause we always think I got to do more. I got to be more. I got to do all this stuff to, to know other people well. And it's like, we miss that mark mm-hmm. and that, that bomb of a profound wisdom that you just dropped from him is, is where it's all at. Like, and I've even said that before too, I think in some message I gave right. at one time was like, you got to know you actually, I, I think I give that really, that is relationship advice a lot, right? Mm-hmm. You want to chase after a girl or a guy, you want all this romance to happen and you want to find the one you never will until you know you. Mm-hmm. You, otherwise it's not going to really work out very well right. ever having having some understanding of who you are at, at without who you are decontextualized from that relationship yeah is so important like yeah it, it's so important yep and i as a high school teacher middle school teacher i've seen so many high school kids right have no identity yeah. and they simply become what their significant other wants yep kind of like our pleasing ability as twos and threes right. in the enneagram right. these high school kids have no identity and so uh, they basically just become something to fit this relationship. And then as 98% of high school relationships do, they end mm-hmm. and no one gets married and then they're devastated. Right. right. But that goes on in college mm-hmm. because young and young adults. And sometimes we grow up and all of a sudden you awaken one day and you're like, oh, I've just lied. And it's, it's if you invest too much of yourself in or if you have no sense of who you are coming into what's that's contextualized in that way into a relationship. Yeah. So you identify as I'm going to be whoever Corey needs me to be or wants mm-hmm. me to be, or, or sometimes, and this is different, I think who I perceive you need me to be, Correct. you know? Um, and then that thing goes away. Yeah. You didn't just lose that person. You lost yourself yeah. because you didn't, this is, this is where you rooted your identity. Mm-hmm. Things go away. I think that like, and I've said this in a sermon, I think, or maybe I wrote about it, but I think the reason why Brett Favre retired and then unretired yeah. had nothing to do with, I want to screw the Green Bay Packers over. For, no. I'm a Packers fan. Yeah. I, I want to screw the Green Bay Packers over for letting me you know, go or whatever the things that happened. Yeah. I think that Brett Favre has no idea who he is absent yeah. football. I, I think that's, that's true of a lot of athletes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true of a lot of career driven people. Yep. I cannot give up my hours and my work because then what, who, and yeah. what am I? And I've only just now, I've only started realizing the last couple months, like, oh crap, I became one of those people. Yeah. Like, I don't know who I am without this job, but mm-hmm. I've also have an awareness that it's not going to be here forever. Right. And so it's like, dude, you better start figuring that out before it ends yeah. because I'm, I, you don't want to go have to go through something like that. Yeah. You know? That's so true. Yeah. I had a fleeting thought earlier too. I kind of back in the relationship world too. I, I think I think the other point of that, right? So either we become who others want us to be or what we think they want us to be or we give in to parts of our identity, but then kind of the gray area there is that we take on this identity of I am nothing. Mm-hmm. And so whatever happens to me, I don't care. Yeah. What happens to this, I don't care. And therein is the root of depression. Yes, exactly. Yep. And and but you know, there's I, there's a lot of millennial relationships with friends and with significant others and with even their own jobs where they like, they just don't care mm-hmm. and they don't, they, they don't care enough that they actually are kind of a tornado going through people yeah. and places 
and really destroying everything around them simply because they don't care what happens to others or what happens to them. Mm-hmm. They don't care about that relationship or what happened in the relationship. They don't care about their job or going in on time. They don't care about their friends or what happened. They just, they just, they just do mm-hmm. without thinking. Yep. And that's, that's again, that's a dangerous default of humans is we don't actually process what is going to happen if I choose to do that. Right. Or if someone finds out about that. Mm-hmm. And I think going back to the first question answering it as if I'm a child of God, I got to think through that. Mm-hmm. I got to think through what that conversation does if I have it mm-hmm. or what that action does if I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, what this job does if I am in it and am I glorifying God? Am I... Am I living eternally mm-hmm. and not instantly? And I think it's it's been on both of our minds recently because we've spoken in that series. Yeah. But if you're going to claim to be anchored in that, mm-hmm. then I you talked about it, I talked about it, which is in those moments then, you sometimes, in fact, more often than not, have to actively choose to do the thing that errs on the side of yeah. open love and grace. Mm-hmm. You have to choose that and or check yourself and say, is this, is this anchored in that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, then am I being true to what I believe, what I'm claiming my identity is, yep. what, who I'm claiming I am? Yeah. We don't default to that for whatever reason. I think you can do it with a lot of practice and a lot of in- intention, but I don't think that like my brain defaults to, right. I'm going to be a super graceful person. Yeah. Today. You know what I mean? Like I, I just don't, you yeah. know, oh, um, because we all want to make people feel bad because we felt bad we yep. all want to you know we all want to do all that stuff i yeah. won't rehash that whole sermon because you listen to it but <laughs> it's good though it's true and i think it's a huge part of humans is we're you know we're all kind of uh, a bomb that has a, a lit fuse mm-hmm. and depending on what happens in our day or what happens to us or others at some point we're not going to be stable and someone's going to have to tend to us. Yeah. We cannot tend to ourselves at all times. Yep. And that's, that's the beautiful piece about even your authenticity through this podcast today is you've noted how many people you've called, mm-hmm. how many people you reached out to. You have to, right? I can't do it. We can't do it ourselves. We now know that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part. And um, we have to get continuously get better at that as community people and, and being honest about who we are through the lens of others. And I think to, to, to sort of put a button on that the it's also take some self-awareness mm-hmm. and and to be able to say if you reach out to me Corey, i i'm not in a place where i can be that for you yes which is not something that we talk about but happens to yep. people yep. and you and i are the people who regardless of what place That's we're in so we'll be true. like i'm so glad you called let's yeah. talk about this i'm going to stop everything yep. i'm doing you I'm know like, like coffee let's have right you know whereas Same. where maybe you you might not you might not be in a healthy place where that's the yes. right thing for you to be doing yes. you know oh man that's my default i i know i know uh, buddy i know you, it. you found me out i know all right we're coming up on the last little bit all right so we have to talk about magic okay yes the, yes. the ben retro album not like uh, close hand yeah. magic you should see this trick yeah, in my car. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Corey's gonna do some close-up magic. It it won't. It's a very <laughs> will, visual medium. You all will be amazed. You're gonna be just just <clears throat> ooh and ah when I ooh and ah, yes, and yes. you'll you'll. Uh, so let's <laughs> let's talk about this album, which I think. And if by the way, if if you don't care about Ben Rector, you could probably shut the podcast off at this point. But uh, it also, you if you don't care. if you don't care about Ben Rector, I don't know how you're listening yeah, to this. That's quite right. But um, I think it is to date his strongest mm. entry into his canon and i i've owned all of them i've listened to him since yeah, the beginning same uh you know this and the walking in between walking are really close between, for me man. you know i i actually i 
I loved Brand New mm-hmm. so It's a really much. good record. The Men That Drive Me Places. Yeah, 30,000 30, feet. feet. Yeah, you know, the, the driving songs there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, all of them. And then this album came out. And on, honestly, my first reaction after I listened to the entirety of the album by Ben Rector, Magic, I went, nope. Mm, interesting. I was, I, I was like, no, brand new is so much better. Interesting. So much better. Because the, the magic starts off with just so much power, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of the 80s vibe yeah. that he brought back. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we're going, we're going. Yeah. Like, this is going to be kind of his new sound. It's going to be great. But then he then he brought back those sentimental yeah. songs. Yeah. And, and those, for me, I felt at the beginning weren't as good as the brand new sentimental sure. songs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. I'm tracking like, with you. Yep. I kind of like brand new better. But kept listening you know mm-hmm. as every good fan does and right. listen listen again right. and i fell in love with it more and more and more and again there's just so much humanness in it and so much authenticity from him yeah in those and i love this nostalgia take on it right and the reason yeah. he calls it magic yeah. is there's so many magical moments that i have had that we forget about mm-hmm. and that's a huge part of the podcast today too but yeah. I, I think that like one of the one of the most profound like i listened i didn't make it past extraordinary magic for like the first hour yeah. of listening to the album because I just kept going back and be like isn't it insane how did I not like to me I w- the song is so good that I'm mad that I didn't get to write it right. you know what it's I mean I'm nuts. like darn it like but I think like my next tattoo is going to say I see it I see it I swear I do yeah. I see extraordinary magic in you mm-hmm. because to, like that resonates so deeply within me as what I try to do with people and what we should yes. maybe all be trying to do with people is mm-hmm. who could not at any point in their lives, use a reminder like, Corey, mm-hmm. I see something, not just magic, extraordinarily magic mm-hmm. in you. Yeah. I see it. Even when you don't see it, I see it. Yeah. You know? And uh, isn't that the beautiful thing about, you're probably an avid fan like me, so you read like the the, the his, song notes, his right? pro tips or whatever yeah, he's calling them pro on tips. Twitter. Yeah. And he literally said, so this is a song he didn't actually genuinely write, but someone else wrote. He came in and the song was just entitled Magic. magic. Yep. And... He's like, no, it's extraordinarily mm-hmm. magic. And mm-hmm. he put that word in there because he exactly what you said is what he got. He's like, no, no, no. Yeah. People aren't just magical. Like you individually, uniquely are extraordinarily yeah. Yeah. magic. I, 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 when I read that, I was like, ooh, you know, like, yeah. because oh, it yeah. chills, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I, I, the record as a whole, there is a real 80s thing going on. Obviously, he's wearing a members only jacket and holding a giant keyboard yes, right. on the cover of it. So, <laughs> So clearly that was a theme at play. <laughs> right, right. And if you're a music nerd like I am, and it sounds like you are as well, yep. you can sort of hear the intonation that they're giving that that makes it's very synth heavy. They yep. layered some things in. Mm-hmm. But the, the album is tremendously, all the songs on it, I think, are tremendously complicated. They're tremendously they complex. Oh There's a lot goodness. of layers. And every time I listen to the whole thing, I hear other things. But I also appreciate yeah. with something like, uh, peace and green yes how much then all that goes away yeah and it gets simple again and and uh the name of the last song which i'm forgetting but he seems to kind of he started to kind of just end each album with a sort of quiet yeah piano he ballad, does, yeah because um, it was more like love on on yep. brand new which is a great song right right um i think i've done a lot of thinking about this mm. uh kings and queens by matt carney mm. is pretty close to it's the perfect matt carney song yeah it's pretty close to being a perfect song in my opinion yeah drive is a perfect song yeah i i because it, it's, it's insanely good it's really about nothing like you know what yeah, i mean like it really is it's just about the and i think that that's actually a theme 
a little bit playing out through the album, which is like him taking pleasure in really simple things or yeah. finding joy in really simple things, which is interesting when you start the song or start the album with saying, I see extraordinary magic right. in you. And then a whole bunch of like, let's just go drive. Yeah. And I see them. And if you want to play out the theme and I see the magic there, yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. can't ever stop. I will never stop thinking about probably that song sometimes where he says, mm. you know, sometimes I just wonder what it would have been like if yeah. you were with me. Yeah. Because, and to me, I hear a story in there, if you connect that, yeah. that there was magic in you back when we were together, and right. I didn't see it. Yeah. But I see it now. Yeah. And I, I sometimes I just wonder what would have happened if I had seen it then. Yeah. You know, I think that if you try to carry that theme out through the whole album, which again is made even more fascinating by the fact that he didn't write that song. Correct. You know, like it, it's, it's just fascinating how much that informs God-given, my sure. listen of the album. Mm-hmm. But the, the drive lyrically is fantastic is so yeah. fantastic and the things they're doing musically with the build Absolutely. um it, it's I, I pointed out to a friend who hadn't realized this i was like you know they never play the chorus the same way twice yeah and it's just an amazing build to that like and yeah. then that like i must know what cody fry is doing with his guitar at the I end of that know. to get that tone like i must i must know, I like, know. <laughs> yeah. the next the next if we ever meet ben rector again yes, i'm gonna be like gonna i have ask. a question for cody yeah what yeah. <laughs> i guess Please i could just us. i guess i could just uh Tweet, tweet him because he, he tweets seems back. to answer yeah Do you know he's actually from iowa he i did know that because mm-hmm. if you've listened to his albums cody fry's yeah ben rector's like right hand man mm-hmm. and he from keswick yep right so actually in montezuma keswick is like right down the road oh yeah it's so crazy I wonder, so I is that, do you know if time. that barn is actually in keswick that's on yeah, the album? yeah. legitimately is it's, i literally tweeted him once i was like yo cody i literally live right next to where you grew up he's like cool bro <laughs> I, felt, I felt so awesome he, uh, him and here's another weird one the guitar player for Matt Nathanson also from Iowa no way yeah and also that's Nate Roos was born in Iowa City yeah. from fun yeah that's right um, album's great Can you, could you name three of your three favorite songs on it I'm not gonna make you name just one because that's not fair oh, yeah man oh man you know I think Extraordinary Magic has to be mm-hmm. one um, I gotta think uh, I mean you said Drive so I'm gonna say Drive it's uh, I will always love you. Is, yeah. is that yeah. I mean that eighties rock and that cool, I was like oh this gosh. is so awesome. Yeah. That one that one and then uh, uh Old Friends is so good. I've talked to a lot of people that that's the that's the song that's resonating with Yeah, because especially his line in there, you know, like you can never make old friends. Mm-hmm. Can never make them. Mm-hmm. And I think again, this whole podcast is reminding me of how special a community is and friends are mm-hmm. that you have that you're authentic with my favorite line in that song is there's no one in this time zone that knows what inline yes states I I and if you watch the video the music video he's like yeah. points out and he's like here's what oh that are. that video oh i yeah. like it brought me to tears so that was so such simple, a cool idea so he always has sweet ideas and you know that yeah. costs like yeah five hundred dollars like yeah. you know yeah. what i mean like it costs like nothing um I'm 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 my answers are probably pretty obvious, but extraordinary magic drive, drive might be one of my favorite songs ever. Yeah, it's um, good. And then, it's kind of an outlier, but wherever you go. Mm, oh yes. For some reason, I really really like that song, mm-hmm. and it's not just because it starts super eighties with him doing like that. Yeah. Jenny saving got her. You know, it's like it's super super eighties the way it starts, but it, it's a. My, uh, do you know Nick Lukes by chance? I don't know. He's a drummer. He's played at Revive before. Nick and I have played in bands together for years and yeah. years. And he's a big Ben Rector fan also. And he he actually texted me uh, not that long ago. He's like, I really, really like Wherever You Go. He goes, the yeah. beat is really simple, but I really like it for some reason. Yeah. Like, you know, and maybe yeah. sometimes that's the best is when you don't really know why. Right. But you're like. So true. Yeah, absolutely. And I have a, I have a love-hate relationship with Green. You mentioned that one earlier. Part of me was like, ah. Uh, 
this song is weird and mm-hmm. it's not not the vibes I just heard. But then again, the story behind it that he told in there, right, is all about rest yep. and restoration. I mm-hmm. was like, dang it, oh, I love it. And I used to live I in the Pacific that. Northwest, yeah. So it like it, it touched me. I've never me, been. Touched I've me never right been. In my soul, man. My my wife lived in Seattle for a while, and she oh she did. She like yeah. speaks highly of that whole area. That's where of those I that's reasons. where I lived also. Yeah, so, that's yeah. sweet. I should, that's your sweet. wife and I would have something. That's awesome. right. That's As if right. we wouldn't have come up with anything. We just been sitting awkwardly looking at um. We gotta do rapid fire. Let's do it. Let's do some rapid so fire. So excited! All right. How do you like your eggs in the morning? Over easy. Two Over of them, easy. a little egg whites, mm-hmm. and then a half half an avocado every morning. Half an avocado. Do it. I'm not an avocado guy. I haven't I gotten into love it yet. It. What are you watching on Netflix currently, or Hulu, or whatever. yeah, uh, big Netflix guy. Um, I, I'm actually finishing out Mad Men. And okay. I'm way late to the game, and it's really not one that I may recommend to other people, but I am so amazed by don draper's character yeah oh i just like the ups and downs of that dude and i like i critically analyze him every single mm-hmm. episode anyway that's that's what i'm watching currently cool yeah um what are you reading i uh, just finished up screw tape letters okay great um, by c.s lewis. lewis yep and uh man that was so good and then i'm also um what else uh, I, yeah, I'm still finishing Everybody Always by mm-hmm. Bob Goff. Can't believe I haven't finished it. You know, I, I'm, uh, I'm finishing it too, and the problem is that I keep stopping yeah, to think about I, what same, he said. You know, so. No, literally, yeah. And I had the first five chapters early and whatever, so doing that, and then getting into the emotionally healthy spirituality, which is kind of the new thing coming up. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that in Revive in, in the fall. Uh-oh. So Jamie, let us know if we're supposed to come out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's been talking about that for yeah. a while. So, so it, I, it's I think... again, it's it's one of those books like all the stuff we talked about today. That book speaks to everything. Yeah, yeah. it that book changed my depression, mm-hmm. changed it. So it's a must. What's the last movie you saw in the theater? That's a great question. It's been too long. Um, I think. I bet it was a Marvel movie. It, I, I think it was. I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was literally the Avengers. Yeah, Infinity right? War. Yeah. Yep. Just saw that, and I was so angry leaving that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So dazed and confused and angry. Yeah, the you know that movie that's uh you know that Th- that movie about Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> where Darn it! Where he's the good guy <laughs> according to the story. I, if you watch it that way. Punch him in the face. Um, what's your favorite Marvel movie? Oh that's man. That's a tough one. Yeah, you know the 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 most recent Thor. With the comedy that Ragnarok came into it, is a great, yeah. I just was like, "This is so good. Uh-huh. It's so good." And then, uh, you know, I, I go back to the original Captain America too. Mm-hmm. Like that one always gets me rolling. Uh, probably, probably those two are the are the two that I. Here's the two no one ever picks: Thor: The Dark World, yeah. and The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah, the Incredible Hulk is no one. Uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier for me. Just yeah. in case, yeah, we're close there. Yeah, yeah, we're we're pretty close there. And Thor: Ragnarok is fantastic. I think Black Panther. Yeah. Was not my favorite, but I understand why it was important, um, which is yeah. a different answer. But um, okay, I think we did it. We're I love there. It. We're there. We made we it. it. We made it. Um, I don't even know how much time's passed by, but here we are. A little are. bit more than an hour. Oh. I, I keep an eye on it. So. I hope everyone is still here. Yeah, I always wonder if people <laughs> listen all the way to the end or not. I if you did, do. I have something really special for you. Yeah, and it's my magic trick. Okay, yeah, <laughs> which he's doing right now. Ready? Oh, how do you do that? I, they, That's what you're no all one saying. Will know. No I can't describe know. it to you. It was indescribable. <laughs> it was extraordinary magic, ah, for sure. Thank you, Ben. Corey, right. remind everybody where they can find you online. Yeah. The things that you want them to go check out. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's Corey Nickel. So, um, worked really hard to get my name on Google. You know, so yeah, yeah CoreyNickel.com is a great start. 
I have been like you've taken a year off from podcasts. I've taken a year off from blogging. Mm-hmm. So, but the articles on there are some of my favorite, and I'm gonna get back into that world. So, CoreyNickel.com, uh, and then you can find me on actively on on Instagram. Is your and, name and spelled Twitter. like the coin? No. No. Uh, no yeah. Extract the C. Put in a K. So yeah. C O R Y N I K K. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. I'm out there. Very good. Um, you can. Share the show. Uh, it's apparently important that you rate and review it on iTunes. I don't understand exactly how that helps uh, the algorithm or something, but I've been told that it's important. So. Very important. That's Su- why I rated and reviewed important. three different times. Well, I appreciate the that. The event. Um, hey, and if you're on iTunes and you like stuff like this and you're not subscribed to the Revive podcast, here's a free plug for the Revive podcast. You can hear myself and Corey yeah, both on there. I've stopped good. rebroadcasting the my, my talks as episodes of the podcast because it just doesn't I just didn't like the change in format. Yeah. But if you do want to hear them, they're all over there. You can go listen to them. Uh, give them a rate and review while you're at it. And here's here's a sample review. You just have to say, I like this show. That's it. Yeah. You're not, you don't have to be complicated. Even random things. <clears throat> ben yeah. Rector is awesome. You could Yeah, you could say something say totally unrelated. Yeah. You could say uh, Thor The Dark World is the best Marvel movie. Yeah. You'd be wrong, but you're allowed to say That's it. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Petrick. You can follow me on Instagram, ChrisPetrick87. Um, that's where most of the stuff for the show is going to pop up right now. So those of you that know me in real life know that I'm on a little bit of a Facebook cleanse, and I, I don't know that I'm going to go back to it because, quite frankly, I don't miss it at all. That's right. <laughs> so, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Guys, Instagram is the superior social media platform. Let's just come around. It's like a smaller version of Facebook. Let's just come around on that right now. Corey Nickel, thank you for being here. Absolutely, man. greatly appreciate it. Ben Rector is going to play us out. I hope he does. It has to be. I hope he does. All right. It's good to be back, guys. See you next week. Awed and amazed, and if you start to doubt it, I'll remind you of the million ways I see it. I see it. I swear I do, I see extraordinary magic in you.